right, so uh, welcome to episode two here. Uh, of course, this is Brad Poirier. This is uh, Dino the Barber. Dino the Barber. And uh, this is going to be episode two of the Dad's Unscripted podcast. And uh, the topic for today, which is sent in from a viewer or audience member, I guess, um, is how to hold a conversation with your children. So this is interesting. So, Dino, what's your uh, – I talked a lot in the last one. So let me get, let me get your thoughts initially on this. Yeah, I say I think that's uh, very important, man, being able to hold that conversation with your kids. And um, one of the bigger things is, is – always it's kind of uncomfortable but you know in order to make progress and a lot of times it had to you got to have those uncomfortable conversations and having those conversations especially when it comes to uh, mental health that that's very important to try to help your child understand as much as possible Um, I got a lot of understanding just lately my child you know all my kids are actually adults now and I just uh, received this long, you know, passage from my daughter. And she said she actually just got up and, you know, she was feeling kind of, you know, sensitive about her um, day and age, where she is today, and basically relationships, you know, and how she feel, you know, the childhood and the things that she went through in childhood, how it's still affecting the relationships today. Wow. And it, man, it was an eye opener. And again, it was something that I was glad to hear from my child, you know, and then to just now with her being grown, I know the conversation, it, it was totally different back then. But now with understanding a lot of the trials and tribulations of the world today that we're living in, she has a better understanding and she's been enlightened through these different situations to be able to have that conversation. Yeah, wow. Um, that's interesting. And it must feel good, you know, as a dad that you're just kind of like, wow, she was comfortable with coming, you know. Because, you know, I think sometimes, you know, some dads, you know, when they found out later that their kid was suffering or uh, they went to someone else, it's kind of like, man, it's like, what, like, why am, like, why am I not approachable? You know, like I thought yeah. I was approachable, you know, but obviously mm-hmm. you developed a good relationship with them over the years that she felt comfortable yeah, you know, coming to you with this. You and know? that's one of the big things, man, with us, like I say, you know, as um, and me for such a long time, I was a single father and, you know, and raising, you know, three girls and one boy. That was tough, you know, so just being able to, again, always wanted and felt like I was being that father that could be approachable. But in some cases, it's just not that now, like you say, 20 years later. You look back on conversations and hear, you know, the things that the kids say. You're like, man, I was working so hard to, you know, be that way, you know, to be that father. And the whole time it, it was, you know, it was received different, you know, from the kid. Yeah. You know, I'm actually glad you went and talked about, um, um, I'm going to cut this, that you went with the difficult conversation part. When I heard this question asked on Instagram, uh, so we're at Dads Unscripted, so you can ask questions there or anywhere on social. Um, I actually just went and took it as sort of like how to have like a meaningful, con- like just any conversation, you know, with your children. You know what it is? Your children are older. Yeah. And my kid's seven. And so the conversations that I'm having with him are about like, hey, how's your day in school? Like, what did you do today? You know, so I'm thinking about like how to <clears throat> how to hold a conversation with a seven-year-old you know, as a, as a 40 year old dad, you know? Um, and so I, I'll talk about it that way for a moment. 
I love, I haven't always been good with this, but I love talking to my kid about what's going on with his day or something. Mm -hmm. And the biggest, you know, I guess trick, the biggest thing that I do is just listening and then asking follow-up questions. You know, it sounds very cliche to say that, but, you know, like I'll say, man, hey, like, how was your day? What did you do today? Oh, nothing. Like, you know, it's like I'll say, no, he did something. And then I'll just try and notice something that happened. I'll just say, oh, tell me about this. And they say, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, actually we did this. And then I'll say, well, tell me more about this thing, you know, or like, who did you meet, you know, at the school today? Like, what was their, you know, like, what was their name? Like, what did you know anything about them? Just asking all these like little follow up questions. And then, man, he just. Yeah, it's like you got to give them them triggers. You know, like you say, if you just ask them out of the norm, you know, how was your day? And nine times out of ten, they're going to give us, oh, it was a good day. Mm -hmm. Well, what was the interesting thing today? Uh, not too much, you know, and then like you say, if you already noticed something that was pretty interesting or something that could be a topic of conversation, you kind of nudge them with that. And like you said, they will open right up and, you know, they'll keep right on going. One of the biggest things that I did learn early with conversating, like you say, with the seven-year-old and when my kids were younger, uh, especially uh, with my son, actually for all of them, for any child that matters. And this is for... um Parents now, now today, one of the biggest things that I did learn was make sure that you're at your child's eye level mm. when communicating with your yes. child. Yes. You don't want to stand over because we're already, like you say, taller. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an intimidating factor right there. So just being able to, um, if it's kneel down or sit down, you know, beside them where it's kind of, you yeah. know, more eye to eye, they receive you better that way. And it takes that intimidation factor away from them. Yes, definitely. That's a, that's a valid point. I, I do remember learning that early on, and I've, I've tried to be cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a truth bomb I just thought of. Um, and, and I don't know how true this is because I haven't really implemented it, but um, my gut tells me that it's true. And I'm going to try this with my kid this week. Is... T- like being open from the get and telling him about my day, mm-hmm. you know, my it's not like my day is. I mean, I, I don't have to tell him about the the bad stuff of the day, you know, the struggles, but I could just yeah. talk to him about just the little, you know, inconsequential things that happened. Yeah, or highlights, just little just highlights. Little yeah, highlights. that's exactly it, you know. And hopefully, I think the idea, I think the reason I just thought of that is, is because again, as we talked about last week, how you know the generations grown up about you know men you know we don't talk about things and the reason we don't talk about things is because we're told to just suck it up i mean it's just it's ingrained right and so i think about that i mean because when i was answering that question i was thinking about like i'm i remember clearly my parents asking me you know like how was your day and Mm -hmm. i'd be like oh it's fine like i mean just answer those that's just a normal reaction but you don't have that as like a prompt uh when it's a prompt but you don't have an answer ready it goes like ah, it was okay you know but I feel like I'm going to try that with my son this week. And I think the kids, they look at that as, you know, that response, that answer, it's a safe place. That's right. You know, that's a safe place answer to give when they give you the, you know, I, I, it was a good day. You know, mm-hmm. I had a good day. And, and again, they, number one, we know they don't want to disappoint us. So they're not going to start off telling you nothing bad. You right. Know? Right. So they, that, they definitely that, don't want to disappoint us. That's another point. That, so, that, that's another great point. Yeah. I think we need to just, you know, just talking all about this. Again, you know, this point of this whole podcast is to bring things to light and just get ed- people educated better. Um, I feel like just as a society of dads, we need to do a better job at basically training our children on 
how to take care of their mental health from a young age, like even as early as like how my kid is seven, you know, like we train them on things like the dangers of, you know, not running in the streets, like being aware of, you know, stoves and just simple things yeah, like stranger that. Stranger danger. But, but, but also, yeah, you know, but then we also teach about the fun things, right? Like, uh, you know, how to ride bikes and, you know, how to, you know, play sports, all those kind of things, you know, but I feel like we need to do like a passive job of, but an intentional passive job of teaching them how to be open and talk. And I think that's basically done just by doing it ourselves. Yeah, I guess that's, doing that's, it. that's my, that's my whole point to that is I feel like I'm just going to see how that, you know, he'll be like test subject number one for me. You know, it's like, yeah. Uh, and, and that's good because um, like you say, that's a great thing. And, and it starts, you know, like everything, it starts at home. So, if we start doing that at home, we don't really rely on teachers, you know, when they get to school, try to teach them, you know, about how to deal with the mental health or right. how to, you know, um, be more open. That's that's not the teacher. The teacher should be the one where actually they're doing the testing to see what they learn from home. Right. You know, and when they see that they lack certain things, I feel that kind of puts a, a barrier up in some places with, you know, some teachers or some educators. Mm -hmm. But. I think, like you said, the more we practice these things and the more, you know, dads across the, you know, the board really focus on that, mm -hmm. you know, make that, like I say, make that part of, like you say, you know, when teaching, like I say, basketball or football with practice the same way you want them to practice to develop, to be better, they should do the same thing when it comes to this over practicing how they should respond to certain things and, you know, get a little deeper into the, you know, they're feeling, why are you feeling this way? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, tomorrow, how, what are you going to do if this situation happens again? Like I said, we need to know right. what they're thinking, man, because they, they will tell us. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they will tell us, like you say, you know, when you ask them something, they're going to give you something that's vague and um, safe. But when you dig a little deeper and, tell them, okay, this is what I'm going to ask you tomorrow. So now their mind is more prepared throughout that day. Mm -hmm. And like you say, and real, you know, realizing, okay, I know I'm going to get, you know, asked a certain question. So mm -hmm. they, they are more aware of their day and what's happening through that day mm -hmm. to have that good point to talk about. Yeah. And now as a uh, seasoned dad, because I feel like even though my kid's seven, I feel like I'm still a, like a newer dad, you know? Yeah. So as a seasoned dad, let me ask you this. So kid comes you know whatever age is but he gives you some like disappointing news maybe uh he did something like really bad or something happened you know just something that's like it's like uncomfortable to hear and mm -hmm. now you know you need to have kind of a critical conversation but you want to be constructive about it exactly. right so how do you approach that well what i was told years ago by my grandfather was Never have the conversation when you're upset. Ooh. That was one of the big things that I carried along, you know. And it was uh, when my grandfather told me that, that was like, you know, he was this big, tall guy. But, you know, it, it happened off of a situation where my son had actually uh, set something on fire, you know. And my reaction, because I was so upset, it didn't come across the way it should have. And my grandfather, you know, picked up on it and he let me know, listen, don't you never have the conversation or intend to punish your child when you're upset. Ooh. And that right there, every time my kids did something, it made me think first, you know, am I upset or am I just a little, you know, a little angry about it? 
And if I did feel myself of being upset, because, again, some of the things would be so disappointing where it would upset you as a parent. Mm -hmm. And so it would just make me fall back, you know, and let them know, okay, yeah, I know the situation, but we're going to talk about it later. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wish that would have been, like I say, a little earlier. Right. But that happened, you know, like I say, as they was, you know, getting a little older. Actually, my son, he was probably about eight nine then mm. at that time when that started happening so ooh, that is a that is a truth bomb right there for sure yeah. yeah actually i remember maybe like a few months ago my my kid came home and he was kind of excited and he did something and basically knocked over like this water bottle that had just, like just filled up so water went everywhere and i don't know what came over me but i was just like i said you know what i don't think he did it to like be malicious. I think he just did it because he thought it would be funny. Because mm-hmm. that's what he said, too. He says, I'm sorry, because I thought it would be funny. And I really think he really just thought that would be funny. Like, he just he's learning what's yeah. funny and what's not funny. So, I, so I like, in that moment, I just kind of stopped, and I was like, I was like, you know what, man? So I just I just backed away for a second, and I came back. I said, hey, let, let's let's clean this up together. And then moments later, we, we talked about it. And I'm not always like that. Yeah. You know, listen, I'm not a saint here, but... Um, I, I vividly remember that, and just it was so much smoother doing that, because he he realized he was like thought it was funny, just trying to learn like what's a funny prank to do some something what's yeah, to not get a, a reaction to get a reaction is exactly yeah and and again like you said you know we're not a saint no and that's what this is all about that's Dad's right. unscripted. We're not perfect. That's right. And we're not looking at you know dads as if we're perfect. And like you said last week, we are by far we're not professionals. Again, we're going off of our life experiences and the things that we know work. And I just want to be that one to be able to share those things that I know worked for me. Because if anybody, you know, that's listening, they they know where I come from. I didn't come from the greatest background. Mm -hmm. And so just learning now and knowing now, you know, we're educating my kids, especially with my grandkids. And I got five grandkids. And so it's super important to, you know, educate their parents still now where they can receive these things because a lot of the things that I I thought, excuse me, I thought I was, you know, um, getting to them then, it was going clean over the head. So we talk about these things, you know, now, and it's it's more on another level. And it helps, especially, I know, with my son because my my mom used to say this thing to me like, you just wait until you get your own kids. Yeah. You know, wait until you have your own when I would do something disappointing or do something to kind of upset her. Mm-hmm. So I make sure I tell him that. <laughs> yeah. Because he look at it like, man, dad, he want to start explaining this. I say, it was you. Mm-hmm. I say, you're just getting it back now. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and just circling back to the whole, you know, imperfect thing. Um, I, I can't stress that enough just about the, the, the imperfection that it's it's okay when you sort of react in a basically in a negative way sometimes i think the idea is that just being self-aware that you're trying to be better at these behaviors and these traits basically already makes you a good dad i guess so so you you know if you need some validation hearing that my my therapist actually basically told me that uh, a few weeks ago we you know sort of talking about you know how i'm feeling and whether or not like i'm a good this or good that and she was just like just being self-aware about the fact of whether you're a good person or not a good person basically makes you a good person. That's it. You know, because a psychopath has no thought or feeling about no, that. No clue. No clue. Just does what they believe mm-hmm. is to be the right thing. And usually it's it's very hurtful, you know. 
And so, so yeah, you, you know, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, and you're kind of going, man, that's a great answer. I wish I was calmer with my children. I wish I was, you know, in the position to talk to them after the, you know, incident happened. But my gut is to, you know, be reactive. Just being self-aware of that yeah. and just basically just trying to help skew it over a little bit. And just, all right, the next time, let me try and be calmer. The next time you're a little bit calmer. The next time you're a little bit calmer. And then that forms that habit. You know, that forms. And now you basically become this calmer kind of dad that shows up for your children in a healthier way. And another thing, like you were saying about having that conversation with your kids. And it just took me back to when it got to a point where I was looking to start being an educator. It took a lot of time away from my kids and the family because I had to do a lot of you know, studying, and it was a lot right. of tough and long nights and days of studying. And it was a long duration where I knew I was not going to be able to go to their football games. I wasn't going to be able to go to the basketball games. But having that conversation with them and helping them understand, listen, this is what they got going on. I'm working on mm-hmm. something that's going to definitely be able to add, you know, to our lifestyle and make our, you know, life better quality. So I'm not going to be able to do these things. But – Give me this time to do these things, and we'll be back on track. That's right. And having that conversation, I think it it really paid off. And it didn't have my kids, you know, as adults now, like, upset and regretting and, you know, felt like, you know, you wasn't ever there and this Mm -hmm. and that. And and I find out a lot just hearing from a lot of kids that come into my barber chair, man. That's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that I could say, you know— um. It, it, it is, like you say, a lot of, you know, single mothers and those kids um, often talk about the time they wish they had with the dad. Yeah. And they they talk about that all the time. The time yeah. they wish they had. It's not the monetary things. It's not all the material things. They say when they get older, they realize none of those material things. I don't have them. No, I don't, I don't even remember. I remember you giving me money, but I would have rather had the time. Mm-hmm. And that was a big factor that I was kind of concerned with being a single father and my kids having to grow up in the barbershop. I I felt that Mm -hmm. was going to be a big hindrance in their future. And honestly, it wasn't, man, because of those conversations that I was having. They clearly understand, you know, from where we were and the way we were living at the moment to where we are now. All of that was sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, so we still can't, you know, take that off the table as as dads, no matter what, we still got to make these sacrifices. But along the way of making the sacrifice, you got to have those conversations with the kid to help them understand the sacrifice. Man, I'm going to tell you a truth bomb about that whole experience you just told me. And t- Tony, can you give me that, throw me that pen real quick, Tony? So uh, I just want to write down a topic over there after, but uh, that made me think about the, the whole idea of quality time versus quantity time. And, uh, you know, we've often heard about quality time, right? You know, it's, it's we want quality over the quantity. I actually think it's the opposite. I think the quantity of the time mm-hmm. outweighs the quality of the time, right? Yeah. So, so you, you know, you're a dad and obviously your your schedule can be limited. Maybe you're working two jobs. You're working a job and you're going to school or something like that. Like, you know, as you were saying. Um, and so you try and find these moments, these pockets of time to to, to to be front and center with your children. And that's true. That's important. One of my favorite things to do with my kid is just take him to the store for an errand. He's just, because that, that's a 15-minute trip out there. That's a 10-minute walk through the store. That's a 15-minute ride back. 
that yeah. one hour of just the laughing, the joking, listening to songs. Man, we'll be in the car, and uh, my kid loves listening to classic rock because that's just like what I listen to. And he always says a thing. He says, add that to my playlist. He's got his own little playlist of like mm-hmm. music that he likes to listen to. And sometimes it'll just be on the radio. It won't even be a song that like I was playing. It's just a song. He goes, oh, can you add that song to my playlist? You know, like I love that. You know, exactly. and that to me, that only comes from putting in the quantity. The quantity. You get the quality out of the quantity. That's Ooh, true. That's a that's truth good. bomb right there. You get it the is. quality from the quantity. That's you know true. that that made me think about that from you know taking your kids to the barber shop. You know he comes here sometimes and. You know, maybe I'm working or something like that, and just you know, he's doing something else, and I kind of just interact with him sometimes. And um, yeah, man, the quality comes from the quantity. And and that was, in some <laughs> cases, even as an adult now, man, you know, it's still some things that you know kind of bother me, you know, as a you know father, and it always kind of go back to you know what it was. Although we can't change those things that's mm-hmm. in the past, it's just now that I'm aware of those things, and yes. I just speak to other fathers and my kids to help, you know, better understand because it was like you said, you know, as a single father, you know, and like you said, just up and running a quick errand to the store, something of that nature. It was like I wasn't in that position to be able to just up and just take one to the store, you know. Right. And when you're taking three and four kids out right. with you at one time by yourself as a father. Yeah. The, the, uh, Ooh, that's complicated. The anxiety and the, and the yeah, yeah. It, it's very complicated because again, you're trying to focus on and all it takes is one or two of them to be fighting and mm-hmm. acting. Up. So the experience is it, it was totally different. Yeah. You know, at the same time now we understand, you know, how to go ahead and deal with that a little better, you know? So again, man, it's, it's, this it got so many different layers to this right here, man. That we can go on and on, but it's that's it's what I was thinking about that quality versus man. quantity. You know, it's almost like thinking of like I almost want to come up with like five ways to increase the quantity or something like that. Yeah, you know, we can. We, like, like I said, we can revisit that because that, like I say, that's a that's whole. A it's topic. a lot. It's a lot into that right that's there. That's right. Hey, so this is a good second episode. Thirty seconds. Um, here we'll, we'll we'll do an actual thirty seconds here. Ready? We didn't do it last time because both of our thirty se- mostly mine. Was was more than thirty <laughs> seconds. Uh, so let's see here. Thirty. All right. Thirty seconds. Your highlight recap. My <laughs> highlight recap would be: make sure that you are communicating with your kid, despite how you feel, despite how you know it feels uncomfortable to talk about certain things. But when you talk about the uncomfortable things, you can get truth, and you can get rest, and you can get you know appreciation of the relationship that you start to grow and build with your child. Just by being able to have that conversation. And the other tip that I was saying, stoop down eye level when conversating with your child. Again, take away the intimidation factor. Oh, look at that. That was right on the money, man. That was good. All right, let me see if I can actually do it in 30 seconds or not. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go uh, slightly uh, – I don't know what the word is. So I don't want to waste time. Um, you know, we talk about to do to others the way we want to be treated. You know, it's a universe in the Bible. Um I would say, you know, treat do that with your kid. You know, like we don't want to be yelled at. You know, we don't want to be. And again, it's okay if that happens, but we don't want to typically. We don't want to be yelled at. We want to be demeaned. Yeah. And so, just think about that. You know, that little child is is, is feeling the same thing. Ooh, that was thirty right seconds on, on the dot, and with like a little bit of thought process there. 
All right, well, we're going to wrap up episode two. Um, you should be hearing episode three basically come out on the same day, and then uh, episodes will drop weeklies on Thursday. Um, again, if you're listening to this, follow us on our socials on everywhere you can find us is at Dads Unscripted, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter. Um, and if you're watching this, please go subscribe to the audio version of this if you like audio podcasts. Uh, we're basically on all the podcast platforms. So uh, thank you for being part of the dad community. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, Tony here is about to be part of the dad community. Uh-oh. Uh, Get ready, Tony. How many months? Ooh, just a few more months, he's going to be part of the dad community. Wow. And we definitely got something to uh, talk about with Tony because uh, it may be something that he, he experienced that a lot um, a lot of men, I know for a fact, haven't heard or really talked about it. But it's something very important that I researched and found out about new dads. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll add that to the list for sure. All right. Peace. Deuces. <laughs>